Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Inside Out. This is going to be about the mental health problems that people are struggling with. I'll be having a guest who's qualified herself in psychology in three different branches. She's done masters in all of those. She's also a registered practitioner of the HCPC of the United Kingdom. It's my pleasure to welcome uh, Subhiksha Raman who also happens to be my daughter. Uh, welcome uh, Subhiksha, how are you doing? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yes, let's start off with the qualifications you have. You got uh, three masters in various yes. branches of psychology. Just talk us through it uh, briefly. Okay, so um, my first master's degree um, was a master's in counseling psychology from the Madras School of Social Work in Chennai. The second was a master's in drama therapy from the University of Derby in the United Kingdom. And third was a master's in forensic psychology from Nottingham Trent University in the United Kingdom as well. First things first, we'll start off with the counseling psychology part of it because that was your first master's. Uh, what does that entail or what is it useful for? Uh, so counseling psychologists are those that um, can help with diagnosis. They also do a lot of research into mental health, the community mental health. So they work a lot with um, schools, colleges, workplaces and help um, people improve any psychological distress symptoms that they might feel. So it's uh, quite uh, extensive, the kind of work that they do. It's not limited and they can work across the lifespan as well from kids to adults. Uh, we'll set aside drama therapy for the time being. Uh, what is forensic psychology useful for? Okay. So as a forensic psychologist, one can work uh, within forensic settings, which is not really limited to prisons, but also secure hospitals or anything to do with the criminal justice system. So they can work within that. They kind of assess, do risk assessments and uh, sort of administer questionnaires uh, to kind of the, assess the situation. Majority of the work also lies in um, addressing issues that the individual might be facing in whatever setting that they might be in and uh, kind of helping them with that. But uh, they also go as uh, expert witnesses in trials and, uh, you know, offer their expert opinion. So it's an ocean. Psychology is an ocean. So people need to know the meaning of various terms that are used now. Uh, for a lay person, what is the difference between a psychologist and a psychoanalyst? So um, a psychologist is any individual that can practice across the different branches of psychology. They might have a speciality. Uh, so because like you said, psychology is an ocean. So there are different branches like counseling, clinical, forensic, health, sports, etc. So these are different branches. So a psychologist is one who practices in any one of them and is trained and has a master's degree, which is like the minimum requirement. So sometimes there's an MPhil degree and sometimes there's a PhD degree as well. Depending on the country they are practicing in, uh, they have to have that specific educational qualification. A psychoanalyst is one who is well-versed in uh, psychoanalysis, which, which is one of the theories proposed by the father of psychology in a way, Sigmund Freud. Um, they deal a lot with interpersonal relationships and, um, you know, the traditional idea of therapy where you go into a clinic and you just lay down on a couch and talk to someone. That was where, um, you know, that is uh, where it started from. Psychoanalysis is where that image started from. So it is very specific to one particular school of psychology uh, started by Sigmund Freud. 
you refer to therapy it's a loose term what does therapy exactly mean um so nowadays a lot of people uh, kind of use the word therapy very loosely like you said uh, they do some activity they like oh this is therapy for me like a workout is therapy for me or you know music is therapy for me so there's uh, there needs to be a fundamental distinction distinction between the word therapy and therapeutic so therapy is the situation where you go in and work with a educationally qualified um you know uh, individual who kind of helps you become better who kind of help teaches you not teaches but um, supports you in your journey of becoming better and alleviating any psychological distress that you might have whereas therapeutic is kind of an activity that makes you feel good about yourself so it's not necessary that you have to do it with uh, you know a qualified professional you can do it on your own like cooking or gardening or working out so it's it's very important to understand that basic distinction between therapy and therapeutic mental health problems have been on the rise of late what do you think is the contributing factor or contributing factors I think when you say it's been on the rise of late it is more of a it's being shown outwardly or talked about only now it has always been there it's just there is a stigma attached to it there's a taboo attached to it there whereas if you talk about it you're branded crazy so it's it's not really on the rise though with the pandemic there is an increase in people talking about it till today i mean till the pandemic started it was still okay do i talk about it do i not talk about it um mental difficulties or problems there can be any reason to it there's no specific um what might be okay for you and me might not be okay for someone else so people might have relationship problems uh people might have difficulties with um you know um eating disorders addiction um difficulties in school difficulties with any anything that happens so it's it's not limited but um based on certain triggers there have been mental disorders or mental illnesses that have been identified so we can we can go into that further but right now what i just want to say is that um there's no specific trigger for um you know the uprise of the number of cases of mental illnesses maybe the what pandemic the is one but yeah what are the common mental health problems uh, that people can get afflicted with um so mental illnesses is basically on a spectrum any any mental illness is uh, can be found on a spectrum uh, it can range from mild range from mild symptoms to severe symptoms the most severe ones that we commonly hear of are anxiety and depression which um, in view of the pandemic has uh, there's been a like you said an increase in the number of people who uh, have previously never experienced any symptoms are also currently experiencing those symptoms um so these are the most common things apart from that there's uh, bipolar disorder schizophrenia um and uh, you know those across the, that spectrum so those are the most severe ones anxiety depression are two common words which is heard about more often can you just describe a little bit in detail about anxiety what exactly it is and what is depression okay so as human beings we tend to have like a range of emotions which extends from happy to sad and everything in between so there is uh, jealousy hatred um, you know anxiety anxiety la anxious um so anxiety is the disorder so anxious you might feel anxious 
um, you know, uncertainty and things like that. So there's a range of emotions that you feel. So um, it's completely normal to feel all those emotions. But if you feel a particular emotion for longer than a set period of time, so take, uh, for example, depression. The minimum number of, um, you know, the range of days that you should feel sad for or um, a complete change in the person that you are with uh, symptoms like loss of appetite and loss of energy, fatigue and things like that, you should have had those symptoms for two weeks. So only if it if for two weeks or more will you be diagnosed as being depressed. Same with anxiety. It's, it's the feeling of, um, you know, uh, feeling very uncertain and feeling very flustered. So it comes with a lot of energy sometimes, and sometimes it might not have energy at all. You might be completely fatigued, you know, so, uh, similarly loss of, um, you know, appetite and things like that. What happens in that case is those might have to happen for a number of days, but you watch them for six months. So if it's more than six months that you've had these symptoms, um, you know, together for a number of days, then only are you diagnosed. And all these um, diagnostic characteristics uh, have been given in this um, uh, Bible for psychologists, which is the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and S Statistical Manual. Uh, we are on the fifth version right now. So it, it's also available online if anyone wants to check that. Uh, but yeah, you need to have a limited number of days in which you feel that particular way in order to be diagnosed. But it's not to discount anyone who feels that way in lesser days. It's still valid those um, you know kind of experiences. What can trigger mental health problems in an otherwise uh, healthy human being? So um, a very big trigger is people's circumstances. Um, like, for example, the pandemic, it has triggered a lot of anxiety and uncertainty in a lot of people. Uh, so people's circumstances are uh, an issue. Uh, for example, financial stress, relationship stress, um, academic stress, th those are uh, big triggers, um, especially happening. Um, apart from that, there are um, physical um, illnesses that could contribute to mental illness. Uh, for example, uh, a lot of us have been staying indoors since lockdown happened. And in that time, we have not stepped out and, you know, gotten our, um, you know, requirement of vitamin D from the sun. So when your vitamin D levels drop, you do experience certain symptoms of depression. So um, a big advice would be getting your vitamin D levels checked. It's quite important. So it, it's quite a cycle. People um, tend to separate the mind and the body, but that's not the case. They're, they come together. Your head is not going separately. Your body is not going separately. So you need to um, figure out if physically you're fine, because sometimes if you're not physically fine, that could cause um, some uh, mental difficulties. And if you have mental difficulties, your physical self is also affected. Like I said, for depression, you might have a loss of appetite and, you know, fatigue and, you know, you lose interest in things that you previously enjoyed doing. So it's all completely um, related to each other. So it's if you getting one thing checked out, then you should also get the other thing checked out. Somebody from my generation will say all the stresses mm -hmm. you spoke about, uh, the yeah. uh, examination part of it, the financial stress, mm -hmm. these things existed uh, all along. Mm -hmm. Is it overplayed these days? Personally, coming from my view, um, I, I think that everyone has their own, um, you know, threshold point. So uh, certain people's threshold 
like you are a sports person right so you had to have a really thick skin and even now i'm sure with you becoming coach of the women's team people have differing opinions about uh, everything so you have to have a very thick skin so your threshold point might be completely different to what my threshold point is when people speak about you so um it's it's all common like the circumstances might be common but how people react to it might be completely different and that is very very important to realize because um an exam is something that maybe 60 students have in common but out of the 60 10 of them might be like oh exams are fine you know i can i can manage it but 10 might be like i hate exams i don't want to study for exams so it completely depends on each person's threshold point um and like i said times have changed since your time your exams might not have been um i don't know you might have taken a much more laid back approach but right now when i look at uh, certain colleges there are 99 uh, is the cut off mark and things like that there's always pressure that's put and even if it's not pressure from you know your parents or your teachers or something uh, individuals nowadays put a lot of pressure on themselves are there any indications that an individual can you know, identify that you know mental health problems exist in me or i have mental health problems yeah. are there any indications to identify that yeah so um most individuals know normally who they are as a person they know themselves from a day to day um you know point of view so when you start to lose interest in what you previously started doing if you find any changes in your um you know interest levels in what you were doing or if changes in your appetite changes in your sleep pattern these are the most common things that you can look out for um uh, it's it's very important because um it is very uncertain the times but um, it's also important to notice the pattern that is going on like i said minimum of 2 weeks you should have experienced those symptoms so if you look out for these basic um, you know points um, you know you will be able to figure out if um how severe it is when you finally reach a professional and they are able to diagnose you self diagnosis is something that is very common now but i think it's important to go to a professional and be diagnosed if there how, is something how difficult is it for an individual to accept that he she is having mm. mental health problems how difficult um i think accepting any uh, difficulty depends on the individual as such but with mental uh, illnesses the problem that uh, arises is society's point of view on it um you know uh, if you have cancer or if you have heart disease or anything that is purely physical everyone you know comes and talks to you like hey it's okay and they kind of you know empathize or kind of tend to understand what is going on um there might be a set of symptoms that a lot of people might kind of fall under but with uh, mental illnesses what happens is each person is different the diagnosis may be the same you know two people might have depression but their symptoms might be completely different in the sense that one person might be completely in bed 24/7 and you know lose interest in doing what they want to do the other person might be up and about but it's not that they're not depressed so it's it's difficult to kind of understand what your symptoms are and once you assimilate that 
uh, you might be better accepting of it. But then it comes with the social stigma of, oh, this person has depression. They must be crazy, which is still evident and still rampant in our um, country, uh, in our society. But it is slowly getting better. Like I said, with the pandemic, people are more open about voicing out um, their mental health difficulties. And people are slowly talking about it. So hopefully in the future, talking about it more will be uh, helpful in people accepting that they have uh, are, are going through uh, certain difficulties. This mental health ailment, mm. is it a one-off in general or can it mm. recur? So, um, the brain is a very, very funny thing. <laughs> um, sometimes um, what happens is, like I said, you don't understand it at all. Um, you know, so for example, anxiety is something that anxiety and depression is something that people might have uh, for the rest of the life. Uh, but it kind of depends on how they manage their symptoms. So uh, there are a lot of ways in which one can manage those symptoms. Uh, life may become much more uh, bearable for some people in terms of managing the symptoms. So I think that is that is very important. Um, certain it's it's not like a heart attack, right? That comes once and maybe never comes again. This is your brain. Your brain chemistry has been changed in a way. So it does recur. It is an ongoing thing. But you learn to uh, figure out what works best for you in terms of managing those symptoms. If you overcome one kind of mental ailment, is it yeah. possible to get afflicted with another one? Yeah, because um, like, okay, so in, in terms of physical health, there is a term called comorbidity, which means if you have a certain um, illness, if you have a certain disease, it is possible for you to be susceptible to another one. So, which is like, for example, COVID, if you um, have asthma or any like breathing related problems, you might be more susceptible to COVID because it, it comes in through your respiratory system. So that is called comorbidity. So it's, it's very possible that um, if you have one particular mental illness, there might be shades of another, but it's not necessary that it might be a completely different thing. You might have, like I said, it's on the spectrum. So you kind of might have shades of uh, multiple um, thing. But anxiety and depression, for example, are completely different. But they're often grouped together because they do occur together at times. So, yeah. You're practicing a method called Rama therapy to help people overcome their mental problems. Yeah. Or the mental health problems. What is that all about? So drama therapy um, is, is the use of theater or drama techniques for helping people uh, improve their mental health. So um, what happens essentially is, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, uh, therapy has a very, um, you know, image. When you say therapy, there is an image in everyone's head wherein you go into, you know, the office and you lay down on the couch and you talk about it. Uh, but that's not the case with drama therapy. Uh, you come into the space and you kind of do fun theater activities, which may involve role play or, you know, uh, just games and, you know, uh, mime and improvisation and uh, character building and things like that to help you address and explore the difficulties that you might be feeling. Um, why, what, in what way it is different from traditional therapy is uh, that... Um, 
traditional therapy requires more of talking so there's a lot of words that are exchanged uh, but in drama therapy or any arts based therapy for a matter of fact um it's not necessary that you have to speak you can use uh, all, all these alternative methods to communicate so that is the way in which it is uh, essentially different from traditional therapy how effective is it in comparison to uh, counseling psychology so um like i said words are not that important um so it is effective in the sense that if you are someone who is not very articulate like take a child for example they might not know that uh, you know something is going on for them or uh, you know the parents might see behavioral issues but the child might not see it so how does the child uh, that is sent to drama therapy come into the space and tell you okay this is what is going on um or if someone who's been through some trauma they might not really want to talk about it and be like uh, so this like go by a play by play they they don't want to replay what they've been through so um drama therapy gives people that freedom to kind of distance themselves by maybe making up a separate character and talking in third person instead of saying okay this happened to me so it reduces the risk of retraumatization but um in counseling psychology what happens is you might talk about it uh, or you might not talk about it that is completely the client's discre uh, discretion so it depends on what the client wants but uh, counseling has more of um, questionnaires and you know answering those kind of questions and uh, kind of figuring it out through words yeah they might use alternative methods but drama therapy heavily focuses on um, you know the mind and the body because uh theater and drama is all about connecting the mind and the body if someone just stands there and says words uh on a stage you're not going to connect so it kind of uses the entire body whereas counseling is more cognitive in a sense it kind of uses only your words and your mind uh, and exercises your mind more so in short my understanding of it is that uh, drama therapy makes you come out of yourself which yes. is a lot more effective in you being uh, free in your expressions and coming out with the problems you have yeah um, so for example people who kind of are introverted and kind want to be more extroverted it gives them a space to practice that so you don't really have to immediately go out into the world and be like hey i'm extroverted you can start step by step which uh, the therapy space gives you like uh, you know like a rehearsal kind of thing for the real world even uh, i for example you know um, how people i don't know if you'll understand but a lot of people uh, you know stand in the shower and imagine kind of arguments they are having you know replaying arguments that they might do so it, it's kind of a safe space that they have to practice and then go out into the real world and you know get it done with when i start doing that i know i need to have a different conversation with you <laughs> yeah but no it's very common i i do replay like conversations like oh i should have said this so i should have said that so it's kind of that uh yeah everyone does it at some point like everything else it's important to choose the right kind of therapy and the therapist isn't it Yes uh, so this is something that i am very very vocal about if um, you know anyone knows me <laughs> um so it's extremely important to know the educational qualifications of your therapist um 
a lot of people kind especially in india sometimes what happens is there is no regulation of people who are mental health practitioners so they go to uh, one week workshops two day workshops and come back and they call themselves by a particular title so it is very very important to understand no bashing others no bashing others i am not bashing it's the truth it's the truth <laughs> um so yeah so i think it's important to kind of uh, you know ask whoever your potential therapist is about what they've studied where they've studied and understand if they are trained to handle the kind of problems you come with because um i as a drama therapist am quite uh, i'm trained in handling people who have mild symptoms of depression and anxiety but if it is a more severe thing um you know they kind of have to be diverted towards people who are much more trained because i'm still at the beginning stages of my practice people who are more experienced it would be better to guide them towards them who will be better able to handle them so it's important for you to know what your therapist can handle and for the therapist to know what they can handle so if you ask someone their qualifications please make sure to get an answer <laughs> it's it's very very important for that and um on that line searching for a therapist you don't have to go to the first therapist you see you can shop around for a bit because uh, one of the most important factors in the success of your therapeutic journey is the relationship that you share with your therapist so only if you're comfortable with them only if you find them trustworthy and you can be honest with them will you be able to come to a session and open up to them otherwise it's just you going week after week and spending money and not gaining anything from the process so go um, talk to multiple people multiple therapists see who best suits you who you're most comfortable with and then begin the process no a good therapist is not going to feel bad when you say i don't want you as your uh, as my therapist that that doesn't happen So you're saying it's something akin to a doctor or your hairdresser or your tailor. Exactly. You need to know the best fit. <laughs> you need to uh, figure it out. A lay person perhaps doesn't know how to select a therapist because mm. uh, there are so many branches of um, therapy, so many branches of mm. psychological interventions that are spoken about. Mm. How does a person decide which particular branch that he she needs to uh, adhere to so i think the most um a lot of people with mild symptoms like i said like they might just start to feel like oh i'm starting to feel anxious or my you know my i'm starting to feel a particular way immediately the first person that you can approach is any therapist at a particular level like you know whether it's a drama therapist or a you know talk therapist you can go to them so uh, like i said ask around and then go to them so they are um trained to handle you at whatever you bring to that and they at a certain level they are able to at least figure out what might be going on with you if they feel that you might have something more severe going on they might uh, direct you towards a clinical psychologist who is a specialist in diagnosing people with illnesses who will then send you to a psychiatrist which brings me to a very very important uh, distinction that needs to be made between a psychologist and a psychiatrist a psychologist is one who diagnoses you who uh, you know 
draws up treatment plans and kind of you know performs interventions with you whereas a psychiatrist may also be trained in that but they have a doctor doctor's degree and md degree so they can prescribe you medication so if you go to a psychologist and they feel that you might benefit from medication then they send you to a psychiatrist or sometimes it's the other way around there's a you know big um, bridge that is built between psychiatrist and psychologist you are registered with the british organization called the hcpc why is it important um so i trained in the uk and uh, after my degree it was mandatory for me to register with the hcpc which is the health and care professions council what the hcpc essentially does is uh, kind of regulates the people who are practicing um the uh, profession that they have registered with so they maintain a registry kind of you can uh, go to their website and you know enter the name of someone that you're seeing this is specifically for the uk you can go there enter and see if they're registered only if they're registered are they allowed to practice because all these titles like um arts therapist drama therapist and even those who um you know like uh, uh social workers and things like that they are all protected titles which means you need to be qualified and only then can you practice so the this two day workshop one week workshop people will not be able to register with them they have a particular degree that you need to complete in order to be registered um i maintained that registration because unfortunately in india there is no licensing body um uh, psychology in india focuses more on the clinical psychologists um who i've mentioned before so they are registered and licensed by the rci so there is a list of clinical psychologists that is available but other uh, modalities of therapy like uh, counseling psychologists or um you know expressive arts therapists drama therapists we don't have a body that we register with and kind of ensures that we practice in an ethical manner so that is one downside to practicing in india and but i'm hopeful that um, you know as drama therapists i have eight other colleagues who practice in india we are coming together and hopefully someday in the future we'll also be able to have a licensing and a regulatory body things can horribly go wrong if you don't go to the right therapist or right uh, person isn't it yes absolutely um for example like when i mentioned when you're choosing your therapist you need to ask for your education uh, for their educational qualification um one of the reasons to do that is because you need to know if they're trained in handling you if they're not trained in handling your particular difficulties they can do more damage than they can do good so you might be worse than when you went in and this is not a situation where you're worse before you become better this might be a situation where you're worse and you get worse so um it's very important to ensure that the person that you go to is trained in that particular thing um in, in particular difficulty that you are going to experience it's like if you have cancer you can't go to an ent specialist you have to go to an oncologist does a healthy physique help in preventing the onset of mental health problems um exercise is important because it kind of reduces uh, not reduces sorry it uh, 
you know, gets your happy hormones out and about. Um, it reduces your stress. That's what I was going to say. It reduces your stress, but it's not um, necessary that it can, you know, push away the symptoms of mental difficulties. It's just a way to help because what happens is when you have mental health issues, your brain is always working. So when your brain is always working, you're quite tired by the end of it. So you might not really want to even push yourself physically. So while it might be a way of just for the time being releasing happy um, hormones like and endorphins and things like that, it's not necessary that it keeps you happy all the time. Even tremendously fit athletes who are successful, they are also subjected to mental health problems. Why is that? Like I said, being physically fit doesn't mean that your happy hormones will prevent anything else from happening. The body, the mind is, is a very, very funny thing. Um, I remember you've told me growing up, cricket is a very funny game. You might be winning in one over and you'll end up losing the match. So it's, it's very similar here. You might do everything to try and prevent something, but it's very funny. It, it kind of ends up happening. And a lot of people, the kind of stress that comes with it, I remember uh, off the top of my head, there was, I don't, I can't remember her name. I think Sarah Taylor, if I'm not wrong, from the England women's team, she kind of took a break from cricket because she felt like her mental health was being affected. And then there was, I think, um, what's his name? Oh my God, what's his name? The bowler from Flintoff, Freddie Flintoff. He was been, one who... Yeah. There have been many who have taken a break, you yeah. know, at the peak of their yeah. career. So. For me, I, it came up for me when I was training. So those are the two names that I kind of uh, quickly came up with. And um, so it's, it's quite important because there's a lot of stress that goes with it. You have to perform, then only you will be in the team. And then, you know, a um, lot of things that happen backstage with being a professional athlete. So it's it's quite important to realize that just because you're fit doesn't mean it, it won't affect you. Um, anyone is susceptible. And what matters is getting the help that you need to help you feel better. Does diet have anything to do with the uh, upkeep of mental health well-being? Uh, the stomach is, is a very, very uh, important part of uh, keeping you happy. Uh, because a happy stomach is, um, you know, they tell you, any doctor will tell you, you need to eat properly, sleep, sleep properly. So um, eating right gives you kind of the, um, you know, the uh, happy hormones again. Not, I don't know if I'm right when I say that, but, but it keeps you healthy. So a healthy physique um, will kind of help you alleviate any distress symptoms that you might have. But sometimes it does you do end up having those symptoms, but it's important to, um, you know, eat right and keep happy that way. What impact does your profession have on you? Because people presumably come and talk about not so happy uh, things that are going on in their lives. You listen to that all the time. Yeah. What impact does it have on you? Does it have a really a negative impact? I wouldn't say negative impact because um, I quite like listening to people tell me about their lives. Uh, yes, sometimes there may be not nice uh, stories that are shared with me. And, you know, um, 
I often say that being a therapist, my work is not limited to that one hour that I spend with my client. Sometimes uh, when I'm doing something else, I might suddenly I do something and, I, you know, my mind is like, oh, wait, this this will help with this client or I think about a client. So my mind is always working around, uh, you know, the kind of work that I do. But uh, I know that it might have an impact on me, whether it is positive or negative, that depends on the situation and how I respond in that situation as to how I want to take it. But I've been trying to keep myself also, um, you know, active and healthy and, you know, take care of myself so I can take care of my clients. Because if I was unhealthy and if I am being severely impacted, um, I would also take the step to go to a therapist that wouldn't stop me. So it's it's very common for therapists to go to therapists because you're hearing a lot of things. Um, so it, it's important to take care of that. So I um, try to do my best to, you know, look after myself. In what, whatever is way. what is the level of responsibility that you people have? I think it's quite high. Ooh, this is um, this is a very, very important question because as therapists, we are responsible for looking after vulnerable people. So um, if you have like toddlers to look after, babies, newborn babies, you know the amount of responsibility that goes when you hand someone a newborn baby and ask them to hold it. It is very, very similar to that because um, clients who come in are extremely vulnerable and uh, they just want the space to be held and they want the space to be about themselves. So you have to be responsible for that. You have to be responsible for um, living up to the promises that you make in the form of a contract at the beginning. So there's a big responsibility on your head known as confidentiality, which comes with the territory of being a therapist. Uh, you need to handle that. And you need to kind of make sure that you periodically review what is happening in the session so you know whether it's going towards um, working or you know if you need to rethink what you're doing and things like that so it's it's just a lot of responsibility sometimes and that might get to you but uh, with the pandemic we have an additional responsibility of doing online sessions which is the biggest uh, <laughs> problem because uh, you need to send out invites uh, for the meeting you need to make sure they pay you after that and uh, it's it's yeah, it comes with the territory. Do you see a reduction in terms of the societal stigma when it comes to mental health issues? I think, um, so I went off to England in 2014. So at that point of time, when I said I was going to study drama therapy, a lot of people like, what is that? Um, and when I said I was going to be using drama techniques for psychological therapy, they kind of like were like, ah, okay, whatever. And today when I come back, the same people <laughs> that said, ah, okay, whatever would be like, yeah, that's, that's a very important job, right? Like you need to kind of uh, deal with people right now. I think what has happened is while people, more people who, especially people in the public eye are talking about it, they're trying to speak about it and make it, normalize it, make it a household um, term that is being used. Uh, what has helped tremendously with um, more people talking about it is the pandemic. Because it is something that came out of the far left. No one really thought it was going to, you know, happen. No one thought lockdown was going to happen. And, 
you know the kind of uh, impact that it will have on people so i think there is social stigma still but it is not as much as it was when i left 5 years ago and in some cases i'm i'm still um fighting with people who you know think therapists are a quack and it's not necessary but uh, it's much better than it was and i think it's people like me and my colleagues like we have to put up a fight now to talk about what's right um in terms of mental health and the kind of uh, training that is necessary so hopefully in the future uh, we'll leave a world that is okay with seeking help uh, with mental difficulties use use the word spectrum quite often in our chat now the danger probably i am seeing is that it should not get to a stage where this becomes more of a fad mm. than being looked upon as a serious uh, issue yeah so people have the propensity for using words um you know terms from mental health in a very casual manner like uh, if they're very sad they'll be like oh no i'm depressed today or if you know you're very good with organization they'll say oh i'm your ocd or um, you know if people uh, are fine and then suddenly they get angry for certain circumstances people are like you're bipolar so do these words are quite thrown very casually nowadays um which i'm hoping is not the case in the future because like you said um it shouldn't become a fad to be uh called in those terms it, they they are very very serious things um especially um ocd bipolar all these illnesses affect your day to day functioning even anxiety and depression mental illnesses affect your day to day functioning so it's not something that should be made fun of or you know just dismissed if someone says something that they are experiencing something listen to it and guide them in in a particular way send tell them to seek help that it's okay to seek help and it's not necessary like i said some time ago when two people have depression they might not have the same symptoms so that is why i said they might be on a spectrum of the symptoms so some people might be high functioning uh, and you know be able to get things done and they might still be depressed whereas someone might not be as um, you know able to function that well and that is also depression so there are different shades to the particular mental illness so yeah so when do you see uh, things coming to a situation where everything is well organized i think the first step in that would be getting um a regulatory body that kind of keeps track of all those who are practicing here because um you know with the advent of social media what has happened is anyone can start a page and share mental health information that is available online so i think it's important for um you know a regulatory body where you have to register and you have to be licensed and they do regular checks as to how your practice is going um you know if if you are someone who has uh, trained abroad or who has done a masters degree you know that it is very important to have supervision which is essentially even if you practice um, as an individual you find someone who is trained as well and you go to them for supervision so that they tell you that okay you are doing it right and they keep you know track of what you're doing they kind of um, you know regulate you in a way so once the regulation happens i think more people that register 
slowly it becomes better because uh, it will weed out all the people who don't really have those degrees and you know are not in a way allowed to practice so when that happens more authentic information can be spread and uh, you know people who experience mental health difficulties if they are more open about it which i'm sure a lot of people are already a little a few more years and i think if they are much more open about it that would be helpful as well and um, i wish society would stop making fun of people who seek help um, as being branded as crazy um that would be a big ask but i from where i am i hopefully see it happening in the future so let's hope for the best is there anything that you would suggest which can postpone people getting afflicted with mental health issues or probably not even get affected by it at all is there any thing that you would like to say that they practice which will help them so um yeah so they say prevention is better than cure um so a lot of people have been uh, you know trying to find the work life uh, balance which is quite important in that because uh, with uh, the pandemic making everyone work from home it is become more of a i will work 24/7 i have to work 24/7 now because my boss expects me to be online you know all the time you know what else do you have to do but what happens is they don't realize there are other things also happening in the house outside of the laptop screen so um i would advise keeping yourself healthy uh, in terms of eating and sleeping they are very very important and uh, getting regular uh, health checkups uh, like i said if you have a vitamin d deficiency or if your gut is not healthy they can manifest as both physical and uh, mental symptoms that is something that you can do for yourself and it's not uh, shameful to seek help for anything um you know the minute that you find yourself kind of sort of becoming someone you don't recognize i think it's important to go um, and get yourself uh, checked there's nothing wrong with that whether it is physical or mental Thank you, Subhiksha. Hopefully, people will latch on to what all you said and uh, go about doing things the right way. And wish you all the very best in the future. Thank you so much, Dad, for having me.